That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello and welcome to Alienation, the Newcomer Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and joining me today is my brother and fellow co-host, Michael. Hello, everybody. Today we're going to be discussing episode 4, 15 with Wanda. It originally aired on October 9th, 1989. Director was Rob Bowman. Writers were Stephen Long Mitchell and Craig Van Sickle. Let me tell you about that title, though, Kenny. 15 with Wanda. Yes. That can go in a bunch of different directions. Well, when I when I hear it, I'm thinking, I think, the way they, it was meant to be. Oh, okay. Okay, that was my interpretation. I, I that just, was my interpretation. I just wasn't sure. And, uh, you know, you know me and the titles always have a comment about them. It seems like yes. every single title I have to mention something about it. So. Yes. Let's go ahead and uh, give the episode summary. The episode summary. This episode examines parenting from a variety of angles. Sykes is having a difficult time with his daughter, Kirby, who only contacts him when she wants something. That sounds familiar. And manipulates him in any way she can. And George tries to cope with the rebellious spirit of Buck, who is still getting into fights with human students at school while trying to also remove himself from a former gang. All this occurs while the detectives guard a newcomer named Buster Keaton, who is scheduled to testify against a murdering mobster. The situation is complicated by Buster's hormonal need to be with his girlfriend. Fifteen with Wanda. Wanda, there we go. And the arrival of hitman Ernie Jett, who will stop at nothing to science Keaton. Hello? Wanda, it's Buster. Buster. I got the rings. And the okay to use the limo tonight. You know, it's bad luck for us to talk before a wedding. I know, I couldn't help myself. Now, tell me what you're wearing and what you're not. Oh, Buster, stop that. You're driving me crazy. Not half as crazy as you drive me when you hum that spot right below my shoulder blades. Now, come on. Give us a little hum. Come on. Hum. Just wait until tonight, Buster. I'll be fully in phase. I feel like I'm phasing now. Buster, I love you. But Rukwa, it's a bit. No, no, yes, no. All right, we have very few stars in this episode. Actually, cast members. I can count them all on one hand. We can. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. We have Eric Pierpoint, who plays Detective George Francisco. Gary Graham as Detective Matt Sykes. Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. And Sean Six as Buck Francisco. That is it. This was can a you cheap be- episode. Can you believe that? This is like a third of the cast. And I think that's why you told me that uh, the writer did yeah. not like this episode. Yeah, the writer wasn't really particular. Well, wasn't happy. It didn't. It didn't translate well from paper to screen. And we'll talk about that. Yeah, but we'll get into that. Um, let's go ahead and get the guest cast. Lori Petty as Sal. Sanchi Parker as Wanda. Who Sanchi? That's a cool name. Um, Wayne Pierre as Thor. Haskell V. Anderson the Third as the principal. Jean Sincere as Granny. Bob K. Cummings as Ernie Jet. This is one of my favorite. David Bowie. Oh, not that David Bowie. As Buster Keaton. <laughs> and Noon Orsadi as Savabo. 
and Cheryl Pollock as Kirby Sykes. And then we have Joan McMurtry as Victoria Fletcher. Now, this next person is my favorite because it's Michael Worth and he's prep number one. <laughs> I don't even know what that prep. Oh, he's a preppy boy. Yeah, the one that gets in the gotcha. light. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm like, what is that? That's why I like those. Remember cop number three? Yeah, Same thing. These are my favorite right. type of characters. Then we have Tracy Allen Vickers, who plays sales girl. Thomas J. Hagebach as officer. Ron Howard George as Wayne Johnson. And Trevor Edmond as Blintu. Who is Blintu? I'm thinking Blintu is another gang member. It could be the other one because there's two, that's that, right, the two, two main that characters that talk. You're right. And I think the other because one. Because Blintu has been in a lot of episodes. And I believe it's Buck's, one of Buck's buddies. Yes. One of his gang members. One of his gang, gang yep. bangers thingies. Yep. Yeah. I think you'd leave without saying goodbye. Oh, come on, Sykes. All I'm asking for is 15 minutes with Wanda. Just 15. Ernie just trying to pull your plug. All you care about is getting horizontal. Well, keep it up. You'll get horizontal on the corner slab. Look, Sykes, it's a Sardinac, man. I can't help these urges. They're out of control. Look, I've tried to be reasonable with you guys. I offered you televisions, stereos. I could get you an interactive holographic sex partner. What do you want from me, man? The same thing I've wanted for three weeks, for you to sit down and shut up! It's not fair! You guys pull me out of my wedding bed before one, and I could consummate. Don't you get it? George, please! Riotas. Riotas. All right, so it's time to discuss the episode. You want to start us off? Absolutely. This episode, uh, it kind of takes us in a... A few directions. Mm-hmm. It kind of starts off with a mobster thing where the limo driver, Buster, mm-hmm. he witnesses a, a, a murder in front of him. Yeah. And you have that direction. And then you have another direction where Matt gets a call from his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he has an issue there, which we'll go into. Yeah. And then you have um, the third one is Buck. Yes. Yeah, I thought he was in closure last episode <laughs> that he turned a leaf, but, uh, but no. not really. So yeah. Yeah, you want yeah, to elaborate more yeah. on those. Those and... are the those are the main three stories for this episode, and um, the first storyline we have uh, the whole mobster and the informant and witness protection program, and I liked it just for the fact that, um, you know, Buster was actually arrested. He's part of the mob, and well, he decides he... to do a plea bargain, and he decides to. Well, he's the driver. He's he a driver. He so doing he's kinda, bad, he's kinda... But still, he's associated with them. Right. So he is arrested for this Guilty murder. Guilty by association. Yes. But he def- he definitely, you know, does a plea bargain, and he says he'll... Com- he'll uh, he'll uh, Testify. Thank you. I was going to say confess, but he's not <laughs> confessing. He's testifying against this major mob drug dealer, and um, obviously Sykes and Francisco have to watch him, which that alone is hilarious because they're like an old married couple. But, or as... as I've made reference to they're like the odd couple, you know, Felix and Oscar. One is nice and clean, and the other one is filthy. And you can guess which one is clean and which one is filthy. Really, I thought I thought uh, George would be the filthy one. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> no, it, it was it was definitely Matt. But uh, I mean, Matt, I love all his beer towers. He has like beer towers all over the place. Beer towers and pizza boxes to make yes. love like a pyramid. It yeah, was, it was it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, back to the, they're in a safe house. Yeah, you know, and they got a protect this buster because this major kingpin i don't know if you want to call him yeah. hired a hitman named ernie jet yes and uh so they have to watch him for three weeks and can you imagine three weeks in a little tiny little room with three dingy guys? room with one little bathroom yeah yeah, yeah. so that goes back two to newcomers him. and a human and we <laughs> and we know how matt is with newcomers well you know he's he's not bad he's, he's not bad he's not bad but 
three weeks alone with them is definitely a little stir crazy. Yeah, and and George is getting stir crazy, but he's getting stir crazy because he's away from his family, and Buck is not doing well. Yeah, because again, I thought Buck was you know he saw he turned over a new leaf, but uh, apparently he has not. He well you know you just can't instantly turn that leaf over. You got this struggle to get to that point. And see again, this is why I love the series because they follow stories from episode to episode. It yes. just doesn't it's not they're not self contained episodes. Right. But you don't necessarily need to see the episode before it to understand what's happening. No, you don't. You are absolutely because right. They kind of mention it also. Which they do a good job at that yeah. in each yeah. episode. They don't throw it in your face, but they still tell you what's happening from previous episodes so you kinda of understand where everyone's coming from. But it is nice to, you know, if, if Oh, of course. Go watch them all. That's of all course. I have to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not them. saying don't watch them. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but that, that, that one, that storyline really is the comedy of the, of the episode. Yes. Because it's about their banter and their funny, you know, hating each other, being annoyed with each other. And, and George's uh, constant braiding of poor Buster. He gets food thrown in his face. He gets locked to things. He gets... And it's not even Buster's fault. <laughs> it's it, not. It, it's it's their ho- Buster. It's, it's their home life of like you said, Matt and <laughs> yeah, both having and, issues. You know, Matt's dealing with his daughter, which we'll get into in a second. And then you have George dealing just with his son, his, son, his yeah. family, just family in general. Yeah, you know, Emily asking, "Daddy's not here." Yeah, you know, and you can see, and then poor Buster's just in the middle of this. He thing. just this, yeah, this he poor just, kid. He's in a bad situation, and you know, the, the bad thing is that Buster took Sarnak, and what's Sarnak? Sarnak is an <laughs> aphrodisiac. Um, we will see. It plays prominently in, in future episodes. But it's like it's just like a – I'm assuming it's like a liquid and you take it with your loved one and it makes your bond even stronger. So, then so he's by- about to get married. So he's like, well, let's take it. And then all of a sudden he sees this murder. So he's on a drug. So is his girlfriend Wanda or his fiance Wanda. And three weeks they haven't been able to see each other to consummate to make the bond permanent. And he's just going crazy. So I can I can understand poor oh, Buster. I you know. to- yeah, I can totally understand. I mean, you know, let alone being three weeks away from your loved one, but to be to have a heightened sexuality for that drug person. for that person that you need to bond with them and then not be able and to, not be able and to not, and then you can't it? even do anything, right? Yeah, I mean, and so I mean, I feel bad for Buster, and the whole situation is just. It's bad for everybody. It's bad all the way around. Yes. Everyone is suffering for some other reason, and they're all stuck in this room together, and they can't do anything about it, which just makes it even worse. But then there's a little light at the end of the tunnel because, um, well, Matt leaves, and he says he's only going to be gone for an hour. Yes. And, yeah. And George kind Finally, of, after three yeah, weeks. after he's three like, weeks. And George, his, his daughter comes, and there's a disturbance at his apartment, and he's like, I got to go. It's not a disturbance. Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it is a, is disturbance. a disturbance. <laughs> Kathy calls. You don't hear her. You don't see her in the episode, yeah. but she calls the phone and says she's hearing weird noises coming from his apartment. Yeah. If you know what weird noises are. <laughs> yeah, as Kirby says, there are natural noises. So this is my whole 15-minute with Wanda thing. You know, I told my brother, he goes, you know what that is. I go, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so Kirby's at the house with her Her boyfriend, boyfriend Thor. The of all names, Thor. 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 <laughs> I just want to say Thor. <laughs> so yeah, so he's there, and Matt uh, tells George he's going to leave for now, which you're not supposed to do when you're on a when you're protection. In, yeah, yeah witness, witness protection. protection. There's two officers there, 24 hours all the time. Right. And uh, Matt, you know Matt. Matt doesn't go by rules, he, and he he needed to leave, and he bends them. Yes. Doesn't he wanted to get out of the house? He wanted to get yeah, out of that room too. Crazy too. So this was right. a good excuse to leave, but it also there was a purpose. He just didn't leave to leave. And when he gets to the house and he finds his daughter Kirby, there were Thor, and they were 
Yeah. They, they just finished having sex. There you go. See, I didn't know if we could say that. Okay. Yeah. They were intimate. Yes. Um, you can see where she is manipulative to him. Oh, extremely. And... Just the fact that she calls her dad Matt. And let me tell you, I have two kids, right? I have a son, which is two and a half years old. And if I'm older or if he's older and he calls me Mike, oh my goodness. No, <laughs> I'm your dad. I'll be your dad until I die. And Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't go around going to my father, you know, my brother, I go, Ken, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's just weird. It's weird. I mean, especially how she, how she says it, how it comes off, you yeah. know, comes from her. And he's like, he's, you can see he's not okay with it, Yeah, but he kind of like, ex- yeah, but, but he wants it. to be that cool dad. So he's like, you know, go call him Matt. I'm a cool dad, but my son's <laughs> not going to call me Mike. Come on, man. Yeah. His I mean, daughter definitely has Matt wrapped around her, her little finger. Yeah. You I'm, know. And I think he sees it, but he just chooses not to because he was an absentee father. You know, yeah, he was his, consumer work. He his job took control. He divorced his wife, or his wife left him because of it. Took the daughter, you know, jet set around the world with her. Whenever he had time, she was never available. So I mean, he just feels guilty. See, that comes to me too because I'm a, I am a father. You know, I have two children. I love my kids to death, and um, it's very important to see them every day. That's my you know. I know, I know I'm just jumping off subject, but it, I can well, understand. Well, I, to do I with... can totally. feel for that you know because i mean i would do anything for my kids and i want to be there and i am there you know you know and they're little now and i know they're gonna get older and do sports i'm gonna be that dad that's like hey he's there yeah yeah. i don't want to be that dad which consumed with work yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah well that's what's happening with george now with his his kids also is that like you said emily is asking susan where's dad because he's not there and even buck says you're not a dad you're just someone who Who comes to dinner dinner occasionally occasionally, right yeah i'm your father father He's just somebody who shows up for dinner once in a while. And see, that's that's my thing. I don't want to be that dad. And, yeah. And and it just it, it kind of it, it touched my heart because I am a dad, and I just man, I go. Yeah. I can't imagine not being not there. be able to do. Yeah. You know, it, it, you just put things in perspective. When I come home and I want to watch TV, my son wants to play. You know, turn on TV off. Go play with your son. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, this episode actually did. Yeah. It kind of touched me a little bit. Yeah. So so um. But the whole uh, sight Kirby thing, it, you know, it runs throughout the entire episode. Yep. And at the end, um, you know, he he leaves it up to his daughter. She can run off with her Thor in their trailer that they bought from her college tuition money, or you know, he can she can go back to college and you know. Well, he says as a dad, I want yeah, it's a bad idea, right? As a dad, it's a bad idea Thor. to go run off with Thor. But as your friend. Yeah. You need to do what you... What you need to do. What you need to do. And so she decides to run off with Thor. Look, honey, whatever you decide to do is fine with me. As your father, I think RVs and no college is a mistake, and I don't want you to go. But as your friend, I want you to live your own life and do what you think is right. It's your call. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's it's it. There's no right or wrong, right? You know, he could have been a stern dad and said, "No, you're going to college," but you don't want to force an 18 year old to go to college. She'll learn her ways and find her, you know, place. We all do. You know, it's hard to do it because you've been there, and so you want to try to teach them what's best. But sometimes they don't listen, and you gotta let them fall and scrape their knees and just be there to pick them up and. You know, that's like Matt said, you know, you kind of just, you're there, you kind of guide them, you nurture them, you, you know, you do the best you hope for the best and give them a guideline, hope they, and hope they don't become an ax murderer. I think that's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. But that storyline is kind of nice. So it kind of ends. We do meet Matt's uh, ex-wife. Matt? 
I've been on hold for 10 minutes. Your timing, as usual, is lousy. So sue me, again. Oh, how about it, Trish? Okay, Matthew, I've got a conference starting in one minute. What is it? We need to talk about Kirby's college. Ah, she landed at your place. I should have known. You know, Matt, I have a problem with that. What, a problem with me spending time with my daughter? No, with you allowing her to use the Sykes Motel as her love nest. She's going through an adolescent rebellion, and she knows damn well that type of behavior is not permitted under my roof, and it completely undercuts me as a parent when you allow it to go on under yours. Especially with Thor. Oh, lighten up. He's not such a bad guy. Why can't you just be honest and admit you dislike him? Look, I did not call to talk about Thor. Kirby mentioned college uh-huh. and... Uh, listen, right, my conference is beginning. Um, I have some admission papers for you to sign, and uh, it's going to have to be tonight. Apricot in HR. What if I have a date? Whatever's more important. And I can understand why she's an ex. Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> yeah, especially with that name. Sorry, my mother-in-law. <laughs> sorry, Vicky. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> But um, <laughs> she is. Um, she's, she's a piece of work. She is. She's. She's. Uh, I don't know. She's like a CEO of a company. She. But she's consumed. She with has work money. Too. Oh, big time. So I mean, but it's a double standard. She was she, obviously. You know. You know. She was very rich because she took her daughter all over the world when she was younger, and she raised her. And you know. I mean, she didn't like being a cop's wife. So well, I'm I mean, sure it takes I, a certain woman to, to be, be a cop's, cop's wife. Absolutely. That was, yeah. That'd be my you know. Point and too. and she definitely didn't like it. So we did get to meet her. And um, you know it was, it was a it was a decent story. It wasn't my favorite story of this of this episode, but it was it was enjoyable. And that's why Kirby left her mom. You know she ran. Oh, yeah. she ran from mom because mom was Matt. Like, no, 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 no. Cool and Matt's yeah, Matt's a cool guy. Yeah. So that's yeah. why that all happened. So that was that was a cool story. I really liked the Buck storyline in this episode because, like we said, we thought, oh wow, he's turned over a new leaf. He's found faith and he's gonna yeah uncle go on the right path. yeah you know no this episode he's the very first time we see him and uh, of course he's being chivalrous and he's helping a human girl who's being beaten up by two guys and all the other people are just standing around watching well if it isn't a lone ranger hey forget this trike babe i'll give you a ride you'll never forget girls 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 what's the matter cheerleaders wouldn't let you play with their pom-poms that's very funny <laughs> what are you gonna do? Comb your hair? Ooh. <laughs> Woo! Hey. <laughs> Ticklish. <laughs> oh, leave her alone. Hey, mind your own business, Slash. Mr. Fisher, we were just minding our own business till the slag went crazy. Is that the way it happened? Mr. Francisco, I asked you a question. Mr. Francisco! When you, if you're watching two big guys beat up a girl, no, I agree. And you're not gonna, you're gonna, you'll step in. I mean, you know, Buck had to come across the courtyard to stop him, and then he gets in the fight. And of course, the girl's scared because her father beats her, so she didn't want to get in trouble. So she takes off and leaves poor Buck there, looking like. He attacked two humans, and they even said that he. Did, yeah, oh yeah, we didn't do anything. Yep. He, he just attacked us, and but see, Buck should at least try to defend himself. I he, think he, he just stood too. there quiet. Yes, you know, which makes him look guilty. 
But then the but the but the principal was an African American gentleman. Yes, or, and he was very nice because he said I called your parents in. I didn't because you know Buck's on probation. Right. So he's and, like, I and, didn't. Get and the, the guy knew that. Yes, and he's like, I didn't get the police involved. I called your parents. Naturally, I'm aware of Buck's history with the authorities. I have to tell you, an incident like this could prevent him from continuing to, in the special detention program. Buck's a bright boy. He has a future. That's why I have decided to turn matters over to you instead of the law. Next time, I won't have that choice. And Buck still didn't look appreciative of it. I think he should have, even though ironic because George's a cop. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so um, again, this is uh, after the fact that you know Matt and George keep switching places at the the safe house. Yes, George. It was George's turn. It was George's turn to get out and take care of his family. Right. Um, but then we. Meet the girl who's played by Lori Petty, who I love because she's in tons of stuff. Point Break, man, she was so awesome. Yeah, she's in a lot. She's in a lot of Star Trek stuff too, but she's a, a well-known actress. We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> but I liked her character, and I was always bummed that they didn't bring her back. You crazy tart! You know you could have killed me. I missed you by six inches. Do you want to ride? What? You're afraid to be downwind from a turret? Huh? I know we stink. We do. We all stink. I stink. At least we don't play connected dots on our heads. Could you give me a break here? <laughs> I've been waiting for you all day. And I know you're ticked off at me for booking on you, but look, I get busted one more time in school and my dad's gonna kill me. What do those turts want? The ones that were knocking you around? <laughs> Something they'll never get. <laughs> Looks like they nailed you pretty good. No, those preps didn't do that. See, when I don't crack books at school, my old man cracks my face at home. No, that's not a big deal. My name is Sal. Sal? It was short for Sally, but Sally didn't really fit, <laughs> you know? Your buck, like, the stops here, right? So what are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? I'm just picking stuff out around in my head, you know? Me too. You know what? There's no better place to pick than on the back of a bike. Come on, at least I owe you as a ride home. Oh? Yeah, for that spaceman in the shining armor thing you did for this. I've never ridden before. And I've never given a ride. It'll either be a blast or you'll have to scrape us up off the pavement. Come on, what do you think? Anybody drinks bat blood's gotta have a little guts. I don't know if they had potential to make her a love interest for Buck, and it just never worked. Because she's such a prominent actress to bring into a role that was fairly prominent and just let it slide. It wasn't... And, and it was a good, it was, to me, it was a sassy character, too. Yeah, you know, she would have been was, a good great fit to, yeah, just to a, Buck. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Because she was tough, and she was, you know, she she badmouthed them. No nonsense, yeah. And she oh, she hey, badmouthed humans. Connect, connect the dots in your head. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, wow. She talked about how, they sm- how humans smelled. and she, Yeah. So, I mean, she... Perfect. She was, yeah, she was jokingly, it was a really good combination. They had good chemistry. So I always wonder, and I couldn't find any information. So if someone knows about this, please tell us. On yeah, is, was she meant to be a regular character or a semi-regular, and it just never worked out, or her contract they couldn't you know sign her to a contract? She was busy doing something else. Why wasn't she you know brought on as a semi-regular character? Because I think she would have made a great addition. I think to a the great series. it would have been a great character. Yeah, a yeah. great ad. But we do see um, Buck confronts his gang, his uh, his lilac. Colored gang, which you know, you know, Crips and Bloods are red and blue, right? And so, 
the newcomer gang that that um, Buck apart. belongs to, we noticed have lilac handkerchiefs. Yeah, it's so I was because he wraps <laughs> he wraps his handkerchief around his fist and yeah. his lilac. I it's go, a pretty lilac with some paisley I go, print on it. What is? That? And then we noticed that all of them have lilac. So that, that's like, their gang that must color. be their gang color, and I'm like, well, yeah, that, those tough, tough newcomers, newcomers with lilac, <laughs> those pretty lilac handkerchiefs. Um, but I guess you know they couldn't do red or blue, and they, yeah. they went with lilac. Why not? Well, you know, I mean, to them, bolder it, colors than that, <laughs> green, man, something. Maybe lilac has some sort of symbolism to newcomers. We, we don't, don't know. know. If you know that too, let <laughs> us know. Anyway, this is stuff they weren't able to explore because the series was cut short so soon. Damn it! But. Um, yeah, that was definitely that was definitely funny seeing that. And he confronts the gang. He does. He does confront them. Um, even though Sal says not to because you know he's going to get the crap beat well, out of them. Well, let's go back a step where they he confronts them. They said they want him back there at three o'clock. Oh, he's with, with the decision. He's, he's with, with Sal. Sal. Yeah, ready on a bike They want to beat her up and yeah, he, he stops he it. it. He's yeah. are you with us? You with them? With her? Yeah. You know. And they said, well, either way, you get here by three o'clock because if you don't, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? And they make a. That's a fist noise. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> so. yes. And so he comes back at three o'clock to confront the gang and to quit. Yes. His intention is to quit. He's with me. He says he has his color. Yes. But he, he says, yes. Are you with them or us? And he, goes, he says, I'm with me. I'm with me. And, and then they his... laugh and joke. And, um, and then, they, and then they, yeah. <laughs> but then they, well, they cut to previously, they cut to, uh, Sal's character going to their Francisco house. Cause obviously she dropped Buck off at his house. So right. she knows where he lives and Susan's there and she's like, you gotta go now. Buck's going to get, you know, the crap beat out of yeah. him. And so as they're beating the crap out of him, Susan pulls up in the car with, uh, Sal and Susan just goes to town. She's like a mom on steroids. Well, you always hear that saying, you know, you know, your kid's in distress. You can lift a car. Oh, yeah. Thing. So well, yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're strong as it is. And they're all, yeah, because they're all tanked and knees. So, I mean, they're all super strong. But she throws them against the walls and beats the crap out of them. And then yeah, they go run off. she takes out about four of them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then uh, George comes up. And I'm assuming once George is there, they all scatter because we don't see any more of the gang members. Yeah. And, um, you know, they have a nice little resolution. George picked up the... The handkerchief to give to Buck, and Buck grabs it and tosses it on the ground. And well, I thought he'd wipe his Pepto blood. <laughs> oh, he is yeah, bleeding from eyes and mouth. Eyes and mouth. He got Pepto, man. I go, yeah, I'm good. I don't have a stomachache today. So <laughs> the Pepto that was the previous. Yeah, episode. yeah. But um, so that was a nice little conclusion. And now it seems like he's done with the gang. You know, he's closing chapters of his life. He's turning better. Trying to do a new leaf, but he's doing it little by little. And it's un- it's unfortunate for Buck, as you said earlier about him getting in that fight. He he was just a bystander, just walking and he's just know, being he's trying a good to help. Samaritan. Yeah, just good, like yep. a human trait. Yep. I you know maybe you know it's I think he's adapting to his being being on Earth. You yeah. Know, this is. But you got to remember, he's is, he's what sixteen. So he was eleven when he crashed here because they've been here for five years. Right. So he's pretty much grown. Most of his teenage years have been on Earth. Right. So, you know, uh, and I look at Emily. I mean, Emily's even younger. She's eight. So she was three when they crashed. When they crashed here, So, I mean, this is all she knows is Earth. Is Earth, right. Yeah, she probably doesn't remember the the ships and such. But um, it's interesting to think about all those little things. I know. But they've only been here for five years. It feels like they've been here forever, but they haven't. So uh, this is, I think, probably one of the stupidest moments of the show, I thought... Was a cop, it's pitch black outside, 
He's in some dark alley, and he has both his windows rolled down. But the door's locked. But the doors are locked, <laughs> yes. But the, both windows are rolled down. So when this bum, supposed bum, comes up to him and says, I have something for you, and shoots the cop and kills him, I'm like, well, you deserve it, because you're sitting in a dark alley with, with your you windows mean. down, with a killer on the loose. It just... But he had to unlock his door to get in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, because uh, what, was, what he does is it he was... unlocks the door, jumps in, and gets on the police and finds out info and finds out where uh, the safe house is. So the next time they go around, when they show him again, there's always there's always this one scene: this old woman feeding pigeons. Right. And George looks out the window and he notices that this woman, the pigeons are all over the place, and this woman has nice boots on, and he realizes that at that moment Ernie turns around and. Fires and I made a comment. Why does he need such a big gun? As well, Michael says, "Well, because he needs to shoot through the walls," which he does. I mean, he just <laughs> devour. He just hits that place hard. Ken goes, "Now I know why he needed a big gun." I go, "Yeah, nah, you got to have the big yeah. gun." Yeah, um, but of course they all get away. They again, not going by the rules. Uh, George attaches poor uh, Buster to like a like a wheel, like a crank that you can like, turn like on. a valve, yeah, yeah for a water turn, valve, yeah. wheel. And then he goes to help. George, which that, didn't, that didn't Matt, that didn't make any sense to me. You know, you're you, there's guys trying to kill this Buster, yeah, and you tie him, you chain him to this wheel, so he can't get away, so he can't get away, <laughs> and then you take off. So if this killer Ernie yeah. Jet was Gets smart, past you somehow, poor Buster's like, hey, yeah, I'm here, I'm right here, just shoot me, shoot I can't me. move, right? So that, that was another going back to the cop car scene. Same thing. I'm like, that didn't make any, and even Matt goes. You left him there by by himself. He goes, well, yeah. he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, you find out he does. He calls he calls his girlfriend, whose phone is tapped, and uh, the killer goes to their meeting place, which is the Playmates um, store in Hollywood. And there's a shootout, and the guy gets killed. And, um, but he has a smaller gun this time. He does. He has an Uzi. <laughs> he has a conceal it. <laughs> um... But yeah, no one dies other than the, the other than the killer. And um, after that, uh, the guy, uh, one of the officers, comes in and says, "You know, they want Buster down at the courthouse now." And Matt, being the sweet guy that he is, gives him uh, you frowning for. <laughs> well, because you say sweet guy, and you say sweet guy, and then I remember a part in the show where the guy throws a grenade in the building, yes, and explodes. He goes, "Oh, now I'm pissed!" And then the guy just, you know, Matt takes off. I'm like. Well, that's true, but I'm just saying, you know, and Matt has a heart. Okay, there, there you go. Matt, Matt has, has a, heart. a heart, and this poor Buster has been stuck three weeks with these guys. He's on Sarnak, and he's horny as can be, and needs the bond. So he allows Wanda and Buster to run off to the back of the store for fifteen to, minutes for with fifteen minutes, yeah, fifteen <laughs> minutes with Wanda to uh, seal their bond. So uh, you know. Before he goes to court. But I like how Buster also introduces Wanda to him, you know, where he's like, you know, this is mad. And she was, I know, you oh, know, yeah. because he, he was crazy with her. Well, he said, know? yeah, but, the, but then didn't Buster said something like for a psycho, for you're a, a psycho, pretty good guy. Yeah. For or a psycho like human, that. you're a pretty good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why so, when my brother was like, I'm like, <laughs> no. But yeah, so it was kind of a, a, a nice little ending there. Um, overall, the episode was good. It's not one of my favorites. I think it had some good points to it. It was funny at points. Um, not a lot of action. You know, some good some good character development for Buck, I think. And for Matt. I think Matt had some good character development, too. You no, know, I think they're both evolving in each episode. The same thing with George. Like... George has some good character development. It o- it overall... Dealing with kids and... See, and that's where I think it got me more yeah. because, you know, with my kids and it's like... 
I can see my son in 15 years or 14 yeah. years, you know, and I'm like, oh gosh, is this what I have to deal with? You know, yep. the defiance Lucky and the you. manipulation. Yeah. See, this is, I'm going to send them to their uncle. So. <laughs> but overall it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I did too. It I thought was, it was okay. Yeah, it was good. Where have you been? I went home. Your son-in-law Thor said you left over three hours ago. He's not my son-in-law. Well, he said he was. And you said one hour, Matthew, not four. Hey, what you said? Shut up and eat your muskrat. It's sloth. Look, it was gridlock out there. Besides, who died and made you den mother? Besides, you've got a bad attitude. You're excused. I don't get you, Sykes. Does taking away the only thing that pacifies me make you feel good? I mean, first you take away my Wanda, and now you take away my food. I'd be better off with Ernie Jet than I am with you. That can be arranged. <laughs> Damn it, Matthew! Just leave him alone. Go wash your face off. Uh, George? You don't understand. You have never been locked away from someone you cared about. You would be frustrated, too. I am with you. On the ship, they kept us locked up. We weren't allowed to be parents. And now that we have to be parents, we don't know how to be parents. And the answers are not in this Mr. Spock book. Um, it's Dr. Spock. Mr. Spock's one of you guys. Well, he still knows nothing about being parents. Uh, well, George, uh, I must miss the turn off. Parents were not his parents. I am not talking about him. I am talking about us. Newcomers. I am talking about the fact that we were on that ship locked away for two generations. I am talking about mothers and fathers being separated from their kids when they were only 10 years old. We were never allowed to be with our teenagers. We, we were never allowed to be there. And it is the same damn thing now. Oh, George. George, what happened? Buck got into another fight at school. Susan is there, but once again, I am not. I am never there for Buck. I wasn't even there when he was born. All right, let's move on to our behind the scenes. We have very little behind the scenes on this one. Uh, do you want to take the first one? In this episode, George mentions reading books by Mr. Spock about child rearing. Matt then states that Dr. Spock is the author and that Mr. Spock is one of you guys. Mr. Spock, as you know, I this almost it's like acid a character from Star Trek coming out of my mouth there. <laughs> yes, everybody knows that, but you know, it is funny cuz two people do say Mr. Spock, Dr. Spock, and they're two different people. It was funny. I, I thought I actually I know who Mr. Spock is, everybody, okay? Was, uh, yeah, he's not a big Star Trek fan like I am. No, no. Not even close. <laughs> not at all, yeah. Um the other behind the scenes what we have is that we found out that it's been two generations have been were born on that ship. That's a lot. That's a lot. So that means Uncle Mujeri has to be super old. Really old. <laughs> I mean, because we know they lived to like 150, 160. So, I mean, he literally... I know he said he was a kid when he was on, on Tankton. So, he definitely has to be... Hundreds. 100, yeah. 100, oh, close 20, to 130, yeah, 120, 30, yeah. right. Yeah, he must be towards the end of his life. Because if he remembers the planet, and we know that two generations were born on that ship, um, that's... a uh, very interesting. So it's an intergenerational it's a neat, ship. It's a neat fact. Yeah. Yeah, that goes to your point. They don't know anything except for the slave ship. That's all they know. But then you have, if you're a born, you know, like Emily, she knows nothing really except for planet Earth. That's right. So that's it's, right. it's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Another cool fact that we found out here, which kind of makes sense, is that Tankini's parents weren't able to parent. 
that their kids were removed from them at 10 years old. So, you know, they're, they never dealt with teenagers. Right. So that's, where... so that's why George is having such a hard time with, with especially Buck. Because Buck is a he's right in the middle of the teens. And Susan's watching talk shows. Oh, and like reading. Bonanza. Bonanza. She, <laughs> she, she talks about little John and how uh, how Bonanza, how um, the father dealt with little John on Bonanza. It was very funny. And wasn't getting hot-headed and was just going to yes. talk to so him. So then George tries that and it doesn't work out no, too well. No, not at all. Yeah, you shouldn't so, take advice from TV series. So parenting for them is new too. Very much. You know, yeah. Even though they were parents, but they weren't a parent to a child on the slave ship because as yeah. my brother said, they took them away. Yeah. Yeah, so I found that very interesting as well. Ah, all right, damn it. I know you use my razor spud brain, but I don't get it. You don't have any hair on your face, on your head, on your legs. What the hell do you shave? Oh, wait. I don't even want to know. What the hell is this? I am trying to create a little order to organize at least one aspect of my life. Do you bother to ask me if I like order? No. Where's my can castle? Where's my pizza? The cheese was hard. I threw it out. You threw it out without asking me? Why am I suddenly excluded from every major decision in life? It's just a pizza. It is not just a pizza. I only did what I thought was right. You always do what you thought was right. I thought we were supposed to have a partnership here. If you go around throwing out my cold pizza, I don't know what we have. And for our newcomers with funny names, which is definitely one of my favorite parts of this <laughs> podcast, know, podcast yeah. that we're doing, because it's same with like the title name and the funny names that they give the newcomers. I love this. So here we go. <laughs> we got one. His name is Buster Keaton, whose real name was Joseph Frank Keaton, was an American comic actor, filmmaker, producer, and writer. He was best known for his silent films in which his trademark was physical comedy with a consistently stoic deadpan expression earning him the nickname the great stone face yep i used to watch buster keaton movies so i knew who he was when i heard the name you are older than me also <laughs> but i also like movies and cinema and yeah. he's he's like charlie chaplin okay during that time he was a, a very big silent actor and they give it to a limo driver that's right he is the limo but he driver. but buster was kind of comic relief and kind of he was one, he know? was definitely so this one actually goes with it <laughs> so it makes sense right nice you know? Nice. Uh, it's about time. <laughs> I was this rookie cop, married to his high school sweetheart. Suddenly there's a mortgage and a baby, and then one day the locks had changed. And I never saw it coming. Yeah. I wish I'd been more. If only, if only I'd. I, I just can't cram 18 years into five minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. If folks want to find us on the internet, where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash alienation podcast. That's right. Please go there and you can come like us, which would be really cool. Because I like being liked. We, yes, we like being liked. Yes, we do. We're also, you can also find us on Twitter. You can find our podcast at alienation cast. You can find me at geeky fanboy. 
And Michael? At Master Jedi 1975. That's right. So go ahead and follow us. We'll keep you updated on all of our little alienation goodness. Alienation goodness. That's right. Yeah. I didn't think it came out properly, but it did. And then our website, alienationpodcast.com. Yeah, you can go there for show notes, for information that we discuss on each podcast you can find there. And there's also links to other things, so uh, definitely check it out. Uh, we love to get feedback. We haven't gotten any yet, but we've only done two episodes. But Come uh, on, people. We would love we would love to – actually, we've done three episodes, but only two have aired since we've recorded this one. Uh, but we would love to get feedback from you guys. So go ahead and send your comments to alienationpodcast at gmail.com. You can send in comments about episodes, your favorite episodes, favorite characters – just various things. We would love to hear from you guys. Things that we do wrong. Yes, that too. <laughs> or if Which... we, yeah, misinformation, because, you know, we're finding stuff on the internet, so we're not, it's not all perfect, but uh, we do our best. Yes, we really do. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on iTunes. Just search for Alienation Podcast, and please leave us reviews. Yes, please, because that so helps us. It just brings uh, more notice to our podcast, and more notice will bring more uh, listeners, which is yeah, always good. Yeah, I don't know if you know my brother and I. I mean, we love to get the feedback. We, I, I want to know what you guys think. You know, we love you guys, and we just want, you know, your honest feedback. Don't don't be shy. That's one thing. Don't yeah, be shy. We can take it. Yeah, we're big boys. <laughs> don't be shy. All right, so that's going to do it for episode four, 15 with Wanda. I think we both really enjoyed this episode. The more and more I think we talked about it, I, I believe we did. Yeah, I think that's how it always goes. You know, we, we finish watching it, we're like, okay, that was okay. But then we discuss it, and we're like, Okay, that was really good. Well, it's funny because in the beginning you're going, I don't, there's not a lot of information in here. And I'm the same way. I go, what are we going to talk about? Obviously, we talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, that is it. I am Kenny. And I am Michael. And before we go, always remember, there's nothing like a good Hummer. Wink, wink. <laughs> Buster. 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 Wanda, Wanda, it's okay now. Holster it. Get on the horn. Find out where Grazer wants his package delivered. George, go see your family. I'll write the report. I remember how. Now go on. Get out of here. Matt, I, I don't know how to thank you. I, are you sure? I'm sure. No. Go on before I change my mind, huh? Wanda. This is Detective Sykes. Who's Matt? Orders from Captain Grazier. The subject's to be brought to the courthouse immediately. He'll be ready in 15 minutes. Well, what are you waiting for? There's a room in back, isn't there? Sykes. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. You know, for a psycho, you're not such a bad guy. Hi, my name's Kenny, and I'm a fanboy. Do you like Star Trek, Star Wars, Harry Potter? Do you consider yourself a brown coat or a twihard? Are you into cosplaying, LARPing, a furry? Can you speak Klingon or Elvish? Can you name all the doctors and their companions? 
Do you just love football or can't get enough of your favorite music group? Then this podcast is for you, Confessions of a Fanboy. Each episode, I sit down with a fanboy or a fangirl and discuss their fandom and how it affects their daily lives. Be it geeky, sporty, or musical, fandoms can span a wide range of people. So come subscribe to Confessions of a Fanboy on iTunes. Or visit us online at confessionsofafanboypodcast.com and take a listen to fellow fans talk about the love for their fandom. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. Unlock your inner geek with Geek Therapy, a new web series starring America Young. I need you to make me a geek. Please help me. Let's figure out your GQ, your geek quotient. Can you watch Family Guy and not be confused? It's 30 minutes of a guy fighting a chicken. What's not to understand? The point of this is to find a geekier side of you. Yes, of course. I want this. Watch this in its entirety. Watch it until you can quote it. A firefly. That sounds really hot. Do not abuse this power I have given you, or you will find yourself in a special level of hell. Watch Geek Therapy on Comediva.com. That's comedy plus diva. Comediva, where the funny girls are. Alien Nation, the newcomer's podcast, is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Nation, the... Hi and welcome. Oh. His daughter Kirby, who is only who only. All right, so let's go ahead and discuss the episode. You want to start us off? Abs- sure. Um, this episode. Do that again. Yeah, you got like you say. Abs- I bet, abs- abs- yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>